If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gorski. And just, I don't know, two things, two things before we get started. One, thank you for tuning in. I really do appreciate that. Uh, you guys are super awesome. Uh, and the second thing is more of a housekeeping thing real quick. I I mentioned that I was transitioning from one uh, podcast server to another. And that's the transition is is done for the most part. Everything's up and running. All the apps work without any problem. It's very seamless. Uh, so you can listen to all the episodes in any one of the apps that you want to listen to. Just hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. Uh, but what you will notice potentially is any of the, the player embeds in older episodes uh, that are embedded into either the blog or the listen.theautismdad.com podcast website. From like the beginning of season three back to season one, some of those some of those player codes are still broken and I have to finish updating it. It's just pretty tedious to go through and replace all the code. For now, if you run into that, just just use the just use Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or uh, Spotify or whatever, whatever your favorite, uh, listening app is. And I will get to it. It's just taking a little bit more time than what I had initially thought. So I do appreciate your patience. Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about something that I think has a very real potential to save lives as special needs parents. I know one of the fears that we collectively have is what happens if our children uh, whether they're autistic or whatever, have interactions with first responders like police, EMS, fire, anything like that. They may not respond to commands. They may uh, run. They may have meltdowns. There's a million things that could that could occur 
that would be very easily misinterpreted by uh, law enforcement or EMS. And what we're going to talk about today is a brilliant solution to that problem. And it's really interesting for me for a couple of reasons. A, because I have autistic kids and my oldest is going to be moving out here shortly and we're going to have, this is something that I'm absolutely going to set up for him. But I was also a first responder and I can't even count how many runs that I had been on uh, over my career where, where this would have been so beneficial to me as a medic and to my patient, you know. So we're going to go ahead and talk about this. The app is called Vitals. My guest today is Janae Harteau, and she is the CEO of Vitals Aware Services. Uh, they are creators of the Vitals app, and we're going to talk about what this is doing and how this can can change the interactions between first responders and people with disabilities. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. We had to reschedule once because I had a, a sick kiddo, but thank you for being willing to do that. No worries. Family always comes first. So I do appreciate the opportunity to be here and I'm glad we could reschedule soon. Thank you. Um, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. I uh, spent 31 years uh, with the Minneapolis Police Department. I pretty much worked every role and position you could within the organization. Um, and I got promoted all the way up to police chief. I was the first female chief in 2013, and I retired in 2017 after five years as chief. I spent uh, also a considerable amount of time being active in the Police Executive Research Forum, which is a think tank based out of Washington, D.C., where they make a lot of policy decisions and best practices for policing across the country. And then I was a board member on the Major City Chiefs Association. Uh, I continue to um, add to the conversation on what's needed in policing in a national law enforcement leaders group. And I still um, really stay involved, frankly, now with the Vitals app in ensuring not only our first responders are safe, but our most vulnerable population. Can we, can we talk about the Vitals app? How, how did you, why don't we start with what is uh, Vitals Aware Services? So what we do is we're basically a communication platform. We allow um, individuals that have invisible conditions of any kind. Uh, you, you know, your data of those with autism, uh, that's an invisible condition. You could have PTSD, um, dementia, Alzheimer's, but it also could be a medical condition, um, mental health or a medical condition in which I just look at you and I don't know by looking at you that you have some type of vulnerability. And it makes it really challenging for first responders to keep people safe and do their jobs the best when they have, they don't have that information, frankly. And so oftentimes you can misunderstand someone's behavior, either they're not cooperating or they're acting, you know, suspicious. I'll put that in air quotes, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that look similar to alcohol and drug use, frankly, some behaviors. And what ends up happening is uses of force or deadly force happens because of that misunderstanding. And so we've created apps in which you can create a profile for your loved one. So you could do that for your sons in which you could see their photograph. You could understand their condition. You would know specific information about them, behavior triggers, de-escalation techniques, medical information, your information. So first responders, please fire EMS could call you um, if they were in contact with your sons. And so we not only can do that uh, with first responders directly, 
Now, when you call 911, your profile can be shared with dispatchers. This is a game changer. Yeah. W- before we started recording, I was, I was telling you, um, I was a fire medic for a long time. And I remember when I was in medic school, um, they did a, a training drill where they were, um, you were supposed to, it was kind of interacting with what appeared to be a combative patient. Right. And, and people were matching the aggression with aggression. It turned out the, the, the actor who was playing the patient was a hypoglycemic. And so it appeared that he was intoxicated, uh, but he was actually, his blood sugar was really low. And so he was, he was disoriented and all those things. And rather than being aggressive, you had to identify the issues so you could deescalate the situation. But I guess the point is, is if you have something like the vitals app, you get called to a scene and, and you have that information, like this person is diabetic. So maybe it's not drug and alcohol use. Maybe it's a, maybe it's blood sugar issues or, uh, you have kids on the spectrum. Maybe they're having a meltdown where it appears very aggressive and violent, but that's not what the intention is behind it. And matching aggression with that behavior is going to just escalate things even more. And and so knowing that a child is autistic and, and able to, to recognize that this is what's happening, you can, you have that information to sort of deescalate the situation and everybody can come out safe. Exactly. You know, what, one of the reasons why I got involved in this company in the early stages is because my heart breaks when I hear people, parents specifically say, I fear for my child's safety when they come in contact with police. That is the opposite of what I want to hear. You want to know that police are, are, are going to help you and protect you. And so you know this better than anybody. If you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Everybody's different. And so even if we train officers and how to respond to someone with autism, that doesn't mean that that may help your son or your sons are different. And what's a behavior trigger for one is not a behavior trigger for another. Um, A de-escalation technique for one person isn't a de-escalation technique for another. So the ability to be very specific And then information to me is what's incredibly valuable in all this. Not only do you get the information directly in the time of the event, um, because information is powerful, but you have to share it. You have to have it when you need it. And Mm -hmm. and it's not just 911 based. So if you call 911, dispatchers will get the information. If an officer responds to a 911 call, um, they will get the information. But also if you come upon somebody, so we know that that happens too, to where an officer isn't called, they have no information. They walk upon somebody and they see them. They're they're acting strangely, suspiciously, however you want to phrase it, and they know nothing about the individual. Now this is location based too, so the officer will get the information on their cell phone when they come within eighty feet of an individual who's either created the profile themselves or somebody's created the profile for them. So it speaks for you when you can't. It allows you as a parent to be on the scene when you can't. This is vital information for people to have. And it could be for medical information. Uh, Mm -hmm. Medical alert bracelets are great, but this is a digital medical alert bracelet. You can add information timely, very quickly, easily in a day because things change. Maybe you're diabetic, but you've had new medication or you haven't eaten or you have additional stressors. Maybe your sons have additional stressors for the day. Maybe they haven't slept. All of that is additional information that our first responders never get. Why? Because you're probably not at the scene. That's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about all of the calls that I've been on, uh, during my career. And one of the scariest things is going in without 
enough information. You just get persons unresponsive or you get, uh, it's a domestic call or something where, where you don't have a lot of information to go on. And so you can't, you can't prepare yourself. You're not sure what to expect. And, and to be able to say, you know, to have, I mean, I was before they really even had like the, the tablets and stuff in the, in the cab of the squad where, where it would GPS, we were still navigating with maps the idea of having all of that information. So walking into a scene, you understand that this person might have, uh, might be developmentally disabled and that they're not going to respond to verbal prompts or maybe they're nonverbal. And it's not that they're ignoring you. It's that they don't speak, you know? And so you have, you go into this knowing, okay, maybe we're going to need backup or maybe look, we have the contact information for their parents. Let's get them on the phone and have them meet us at the scene and let them try and, you know, handle it if they can. And we're there for backup or, or for whatever. That's so powerful. Because until now, until now we've had to, uh, first responders. And, and again, it could be police. It could be paramedics. It's it, you're trying to it's process of elimination. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to diagnose somebody based on things that are in front of you, but it's always the things that are unknown to you that the information you didn't get. And so again, you might see the diabetes on the medical alert bracelet, but you don't see a mental health condition that goes with it. That's the other thing is we're finding more and more people have multiple conditions. You have mental health condition and a medical condition. You have, you're a diabetic who has autism and ADHD. That, well, those are a combination of things. And now it's really important to have specific information about that individual. And you brought up the parent coming to the scene. We can get the parent to the scene, but we also have an ability to create a video within that profile that we could show to your son, you could talk to them on video and that may calm the situation as well. So it's like virtually bringing a parent or a loved one to the scene that is also invaluable and has saved lives. So, so how, how does this, how does this work? So let's just go from, there's a, there's a call that comes into dispatch and, and then how does, how does the vitals app uh, kick in? So once you've created the profile, uh, when you call 911, it basically does a, a really quick search. And we do these um, several thousand times a day. It'll search for that phone number. So if you created a profile for your sons, you would link your phone number to their profiles. Then when you called 911, the, through that quick search that would occur, it would automatically go on the uh, dispatcher screen so they could see uh, the profile. They would be notified that there's a vital alert that is associated with that telephone number. That's how the 911 component works. But it also is location-based. So if the uh, police department or fire and EMS in that area is participating, they have the first responder app, the Vitals first responder app on their cell phone, and then that's location-based and doesn't require a 911 call. So we're trying to figure out all the entry points in which somebody may have contact with that first responder. It may be you are flagged down and you're driving down the street and somebody stops you because they need help. It may be because you call 911, but there's just a variety of ways. And we want to make sure that people are safe, no matter what, in which way um, a first responder was notified to respond. I guess one of the concerns just as a, as a parent or that I can just, I can just hear people asking, mm-hmm. what about privacy? Who, who has access to this data? Can I just walk up to somebody who has the vitals app and, and uh, gain access to their information? Or does it have to be, is there pretty stringent protocols in place? 
Guarding information is critical for us. This is really something that's driven by um, the, the community and trusted by our, our public safety. So only um, 911 centers, if you call 911, are authorized to see. And um, those police departments fire EMS that are authorized users. And it's not individual, it's only departments. There, and there's no searchable database. So it, the profile comes up on your screen and then it goes away. So you couldn't look up somebody's name um, and any information that is in there is what you choose to put in there. That's the other thing that individuals really like about this is the fact that they control the information. I don't want people to assume I'm gonna act and be a certain way because I have autism. I want you to know from me or from my parent this is who I am and this is how I act. And this is what I need from you to keep me safe. So you get to tell us in your words, what is most beneficial to your sons. You get to tell us in your own words, what their conditions are and how we can best protect them. Okay. So, so for people who are listening or, and, and for myself, because I, my oldest is, well, my oldest is 21. He'll be 22 uh, in about a month. And he wants to move out on his own. It'll be kind of like a supervised kind of setting, whatever, but there, there is a lot of, there's some cognitive challenge and he has had pretty extreme behavioral issues in the past and he's diagnosed schizophrenic. And so, you know, he does really, really well, but if there were an interaction with law enforcement or first responders, I'm not entirely sure how he would react. And that's something that's hard to, um, practice because I mean, unless you have police showing up to your house or uh, like a, a training session or something like that, that's, it's really hard to replicate that moment. And so how would I get, how, how would I get started on something like this so that when he's out on his own, should something happen? Uh, they have information that will help him to be safe and for them to better serve uh, his needs. So today you could actually um, go to the app, create an account, create a profile for your son. Um, he okay. needs to have a transmitter. He get, we have a variety of beacons, wearables, um, or a cell phone and that would operate like, like that transmitter. And then whenever he's out, you can, you can manage his account or he can create his own account or you could do both. So you would have, so like people who are like self-advocates, they can manage their own account. Like they can just have the beacon. And so that if something happens, uh, people are notified that this is what the situation is. This is how you can best handle it. This is how you can best help me so, so that we're not misunderstanding behaviors. Yep. And as a matter of fact, one of, um, one of our early, um, early success stories, I guess, we had a, a guy who was military, his PTSD, and when he is not having episodes and he's in just his everyday frame of mind, he created his own profile and he was able to put in there his de-escalation techniques because he feared suicide by cop. And he made sure he put in there, please talk to me about my kids. You know, these are the things I need you to tell me. And it wasn't but a few weeks and 
We had the scenario in which the officers responded to his home, but he had already created the profile and they knew exactly how to deal with him. And he knows today that it was because he created this vitals profile, because he was able to put in those de-escalation techniques for himself, that those officers that day didn't have to shoot him. They were able to talk to him and calm him down. And so we have more and more people um, aging aging kids into adulthood with autism mm -hmm. and other conditions that are, are now creating their own profiles. Um, I have countless stories that are similar to that in which people were able to do that. Um, but there still are those that are caregivers that are, are managing those profiles too. How, how to, so, so how, how does this implement on the department level? Do they, do, do police departments have to adopt this program or is it just available? So we are connected to over 85% of 911 centers in the country. Oh, so wow. most people are already have some form of coverage when they call 911. But in addition to that, we are signing up police departments as an entity, not individuals, but authorized approved police departments can have this on their cell phones, just the, the profile, the um, first responder app in which they would get the profile on their phone directly in the event they came within the 80 feet of the individual that has a profile. Oh, all right. All right. So this isn't one of, one of the things that I have, uh, I, I've come across in the past, whether it's like GPS tracking for kids who wander or something like that, there's always a pretty significant buy-in on, on the part of local law enforcement or local search and rescue, whatever. This, uh, is very different than that it's already there for most people. Correct. We do have the um, GPS capabilities as well. Um, so we have, you know, different tiers. We have uh, profile 911, which is one level that allows you just to connect through 911 if you so choose. We have profile plus, which allows you as a caregiver to create a profile and to be able to know where your son is if you need to, because the third tier is about that GPS. You can create a geographic boundary for your son. And if he goes outside of that boundary, you will be immediately notified. Like a geofence. Exactly. Yeah. And so oh, if you break cool. that geofence, you're going to get notified. And our, our goal is to, we want to empower individuals. We want to empower you as a, as a more effective caregiver. And we want to allow people independence. Just because they have an invisible condition doesn't mean they shouldn't have independence. They should be fearful. So we want to empower you and have less dependence on 911. So we don't want you to have to call because your son is missing. We want you to know that your son is missing and hopefully find them before you even have to, they get too far, right? So, so you can immediately intervene. Exactly. Basically. Same with my dad has dementia. He has medically okay. induced dementia. He has vitals profile. I don't want him going anywhere and having somebody find him two hours, two days later, when my mom can be notified that he has breached that geofence. We can also create safety boundaries, as in we don't want you going into a space because we know oftentimes people are attracted to water, to right? Water. They'll wander, they're attracted that. to water. So now you can create that safety bubble. You, you don't want them to go into where the water is. So you're trying to create that geofence in the other direction. So if you get notified, if they enter in that versus leaving. That's really cool. Um, I, I've been involved with some of the, the, the GPS tracking uh, products in the past. And, and I think what people don't, what people don't realize is just how 
common wandering is for people on the autism spectrum or people uh, with dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. And the key to a positive outcome is immediate intervention. You know, not, not waiting, not waiting until the person's been gone for 20 minutes or, um, you know, the police have to be involved. If you know that your child has breached a perimeter or that your, you know, elderly loved one has wandered out of the house, you can immediately respond rather than having that time delay where, where, where minutes and seconds can make a difference, you know? And the role of a caregiver, as you know, and I'm really learning because of my dad with dementia the last couple of years, I truly have so much more personal empathy and understanding of what caregivers go through, right? It's not until we go through it ourselves to where we figure it out, but it is an undertaking. And so it's, you're constantly looking for tools and ways to be more effective. And this is just one more of those tools to really not only keep your loved ones safe, but to help you in all the things that you have to do. And you don't have to think about it. Once the profile is created, um, once a first responder has downloaded the app, once you have a plan, even if it's just the 911 level and you call 911, that'll be shared with dispatcher. It's not something you have to think about. One of the greatest challenges when people call 911, they're nervous, they're stressed, they're, they're under duress, whatever's happening. And it may have nothing to do with the condition of the person with the profile. Maybe you're calling a report of burglary or an assault, but when officers show up, they should probably know that somebody in that house has autism. They're on the spectrum and here's here's what you should be aware of because we don't know when things are gonna escalate or why. So it really is about not only sharing information, but ensuring that people understand information before they need it, they have it. And that's a tough thing to do. One of the things I work with, with my oldest especially is like something he does, whatever I can see beneath the surface, right? I see the gears turning. I know why he's doing it. I know he's not a threat. I know he wouldn't hurt anybody. I know all those things, but I have to take that hat off a lot of times and put on the hat of somebody in society. You know, what are they, how are they going to perceive this? If he's, if he's walking down the street uh, or he's in a store and he does this, how are people around him going to perceive this? Are they going to perceive this as he's being threatening or he's being aggressive? Because if that's the case, I, I mean, that's a problem, you know? And that has been one of my concerns with him moving out on his own is if something happens, how is he going to interact? You know, like if, if the police come into a, to a house and they're shouting directions, you know, like get down or whatever, whatever, as a means of trying to control the scene, that, that is the exact opposite of what should be done for a lot of these autistic kids. They, they need, they need to be calmed and you're going to get a much better response. And if you know that information going into it and you can cater that information to that specific person, that, that changes that that's a, that's a legit literal game changer when it comes to responding to these types of emergency scenes. Like that's, I'm, I'm just blown away by this because I, I I can think of so many scenarios when I was a medic that this would have been beneficial and it's almost heartbreaking that it wasn't available then. I I feel the same when I look back to all the incidents I was involved in as an officer on the street or those that I was critiquing as the police chief, looking back and saying, did you do the right thing? Should you have done something differently? How do we train people? Uh, Another common scenario that people just cringe over is the traffic stop. 
Mm-hmm. And so your son gets pulled over by police and some people just flip out just in general because they're being pulled over by police. So imagine now if the officer, as he's, he or she is walking up to your son's car, will get that vitals notification and be able to see on their cell phone before they get to the driver's door, most likely, that this a person inside that vehicle has created a profile. And you can look very quickly to see their picture and know it's maybe your son driving the car and it can show that he has autism. He gets stressed out because he's pulled over that, you know, these are the ways that he might be acting. And that cues the officer in that, hey, I can I I need to treat this differently because now I understand that there's some components to this that I didn't know before. So the officer already knows that before walking up, because once you walk up to the car and now you're trying to engage somebody and who knows how that's going to go when officers tend to escalate their voice, we know that's a huge trigger. Somebody's not listening to your commands. You get louder, you get more forceful, you get more aggressive. It's a continuum. It's just how we pretty much all are, right? If somebody's not hearing us, we don't say it differently. We just say it louder. That's not necessarily going to make me change my behavior or understand you differently. So this is a way for for us as first responders to to understand walking up to a car. We know more than we ever have. This is just so valuable across the board. We also might know that you have a medical condition and you're not intoxicated. You have MS, you have diabetes, you have something else, and that can we can save your life. So let's just put aside issues of somebody being uncooperative or forced. Let's just look yep. at things in a medical perspective. You know, we want to be able to to respond appropriately that you're having your medical distress and how can we best serve you and, and who do we need to have come and what information can we give to the paramedics when they show up that could save your life? I was just, yeah, I was just thinking I had a patient once who, who was, uh, who had had a seizure, but we weren't there to witness the seizure. So we didn't, we didn't know that that's what had happened. It was just an unresponsive person, uh, and when he woke up, he was very aggressive and until like we had no idea what was going on, but he was postictal. And that's what happens sometimes when you come out of a seizure, you're aggressive because you're confused and you're disoriented. And it's not that he's, uh, he was somebody who was trying to hurt us or, or, uh, a violent person. He had literally no idea what was happening. And, and to know that going into this, that this unresponsive person has a history of epilepsy, we can put two and two together pretty quick. And, and see, okay, you know, there's a good chance he may have had a seizure. This might be the postictal phase. And he is just, you know, we got to, we got to just keep him safe and, and, you know, not take this as a, any more of a threat than what it needs to be. Uh, and that's, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. Um, what, so what does this cost the family? If the family wants to sign up for this, how, what is the monthly expense for them? Because that's something that, um, is definitely of interest to people because it's, it's great that it's there, but can they afford it? Like, is it, it's cheaper uh, than a cup of coffee. I will tell you that. Um, okay. so it's, it's two ninety nine a month for a uh, profile nine one one, two dollars, two dollars and 99 cents a month. Um, okay. we, we position wow. this for people to afford it. Um, it's five ninety nine a month. If you want to have a caregiver, if you want to have create the profile and manage your, your son's account, and you also get the the nine one one connection. Okay. Um, and so, it is probably the least expensive thing you're ever going to to pay for, and the greatest value. Also, in many states, um, if you have already um, get some type of Medicaid benefit or Medicare, uh-huh. 
we are working to, we are in some states already, it's waiver approved. So if you have a Medicaid waiver, this can be covered. We're an approved vendor in certain states. And if we're not, we will get there. And so wow. this cost should not be a factor for somebody not having this. Okay. And then if you, if you have the one is the, the, the one with the beacon, is that, is that the second one, the second tier? Yep. As soon as you get into the second tier, it will require uh, a beacon or transmitter for you as the caregiver to manage the profile for um, your son. Okay. Or if you want to um, do the GPS function, that's the third tier. That's profile okay. plus places. And, and that's $11.99 a month or up to $19.99 a month if you need a device. Okay. Um, and then do they just wear... Do they just wear the beacon or is it just like in their pocket or how does that? People do a variety of things. So sometimes they'll, they'll tack, attach them to a backpack. You can wear it on a wristband. You can, uh, we have tag beacons and they can clip to different things. So we just have a variety of those uh, okay, because so everybody can... has different things that work best. Some people sell little dot beacons in clothing because maybe your son wears the same jacket all the time. And so, you know, there's a variety of options. And you you can secure it. Yes. Uh, so that if you have a kid who wants to take it off or something like that, that's, we can, we can, uh, curb that. Yeah. And they are water okay. resistant. Okay. And how can people find you guys? Download the vitals app. Just go to okay. the vitals app. And, um, once you download the app, you can do it on through our website, vitalsapp.com, okay. but you can also just do it through the app, which is probably the easiest way to go. Um, okay. register and then, um, just select your plan. If you want to try it out, we've got a three-day free trial. Okay. Kind of get in there, take a look. Uh, we certainly have people that can answer questions as well. Okay. And I'll have I'll have the link to uh, I'll have a link that'll take I think take you to the app store for, for whatever version you you happen to have. So I'll have that link in the show notes so you guys can just uh, click on that to to check it out. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to to add? I just hope people. Sign up. Uh, the, the more we can get people out there with the vitals profile, the more we can keep people safe and help empower people like you, the caregivers that are, you know, multitasking and trying to, you know, you fear every day um, that these, you know, things are going to happen and that your, your sons are going to be in harm's way. And um, if I could have asked for anything when I was in law enforcement myself, a, a tool that would help, this would be one of those things. Knowledge is power. It absolutely is. It, it absolutely is. And knowledge can change the outcome of lots of situations. And, and this gives you that it, it isn't even so much that we're helping to, it's not even, there's the safety aspect to it, but it's also giving first responders the information they need to better serve the person to better help them. Yes. And that, that I think that's kind of what hits me a lot is because I just remember my time as a medic and how beneficial having something like this is when you come up to a non-responsive patient or unresponsive patient. And I mean, you, you have a place to start and you're not just throwing stuff at the wall. Right. Every one of us who gotten into law enforcement or paramedics, any type of public service like that, our goal has always been to help people. That's why we do yeah. it. Right. We want to protect our most vulnerable. And this is a way for us to do it. And when you're trying to do a process of elimination and you're making decisions with little or no information and you make the wrong decision, 
It's yeah. not only detrimental to the family of the person that you were involved with, it's detrimental to that first responder and their family because you have to live with those decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we don't yeah. talk about that very often, but it, it's, it's a no, big deal, we don't. <laughs> right? It yeah. is, it is, it's truly impacts first responders and their families, yeah. you know? So this is good for everyone. It absolutely is. And I am incredibly proud to be a part of it. Well, I'm just, well, as a parent and a, and a, and a former first responder, like I am blown away by this. This is such an amazing thing. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to help get the word out because this can literally save people's lives. It doesn't cost much at all. And, and it's something that hopefully you'll never need, but if you do, it's worth it. <laughs> you know, it, it's totally worth it. We're always looking to improve our services. Uh, everything was created based on those that need it. And so, um, you know, any feedback we have as people utilize it and think of ideas and things maybe we haven't thought of, we'd love to get your feedback to understand how we can make our services even better. Are you guys partnered with the Autism Society? We are. Um, we have a variety of um, organizations that we are, are partnered with that, that support us and where we get information from and really help to evolve our, our services. Thank you so much for your time. And again, for, for rescheduling at the last minute and for understanding. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'll have all of your information, like I said, in the show notes below so that people can connect and, uh, and, and get that peace of mind. That's so huge for parents is that peace of mind. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I've wow. got a 22 year old and, and, um, I worry about her for a variety of reasons. <laughs> there are so many more, um, kids now aging into adults mm -hmm. that have autism. And it, so it's, it's really about how I can be independent and, and not have to be fearful. And so it's more, uh, um, with the individuals versus the parent and guardian. Um, that's always going to be a factor, of course, but you know, we want everybody to have the same opportunities and feel just as safe and have peace of mind as they age and, and go through life. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, stay safe, have a fantastic weekend and uh, we will definitely be in touch. Well, thanks for what you do. And, you know, um, there's so many people out there that really need your voice. And I've, I've looked at all the things that you've done and I applaud your efforts. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for all of your service. You're welcome. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye. Well, it's, it's that time again. Uh, before I before I close everything out and say goodbye, wish you guys a fantastic weekend. I want to just say thank you to Janae for coming on the show and talking to us about the Vitals app. The Vitals app is such an amazing use of technology and it will absolutely save lives. It, it already has. And I cannot stress enough how important something like this is. You know, as, as I was sitting here talking with Janae and we were recording this episode, I kept reliving calls that I was on when I was a medic. And I've been on a lot of mental health related calls. I've been on a lot of medical calls where you, you get there and you literally have no idea what's going on. And you have, it's a lot of guesswork. It's a lot of uh, investigative things that you have to do in the moment. Being able to roll up on a scene and know that a person is autistic and this is why they're reacting this way, or this person is diabetic and this is why they're acting this way, or this person is schizophrenic or has, um, you know, any potential health problem. You have that information going in. So you have a place to start. I cannot stress enough how important that is and how beneficial that is. And I wish I had that all those years ago. 
but I'm glad that I know about it now. I'm going to sign my oldest son up for this because he's going to be moving out. And one of my concerns is uh, were he to have interactions with police, fire, EMS, whatever, I don't want there to be misunderstandings that lead to unsafe interactions. So I'm definitely going to be doing this. I encourage you guys all to check it out. The link to uh, download the app and check out their website is in the show notes below. So please click that and check it out. As always, you can find me at theautismdad.com. And the uh, podcast website, the official podcast website, is just listen.theautismdad.com. But all the blog stuff is is on the other place. All the social links are at the top of the page, so you can follow me. And outside of that, you know, I I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. As I'm recording this, we're coming into Thanksgiving holiday here in the States. So I hope you guys have a safe holiday. And um, take care. I'll talk to you guys later. See you. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.